You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. I always heard this 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 little saying says uh uh dress for the job you want. Of course the idea is, you know, to to dress nice to go in for an interview. Um but then, you know, dressed for the job you want was made into a joke like you come out in a Batman costume <laughs> because that's the job you want right to be Batman but I saw this great meme the other day and it said the uh it had a picture of Wonder Woman and it said uh boss said dress for the job you want now I'm sitting here in this disciplinary meeting which I guess would happen if uh, you <laughs> if you showed up to work dressed as Wonder Woman especially if you were a pastor <laughs> you know Sometimes, though, to get through an ordinary day, doesn't it feel like you need superpowers? Like, just to get through an ordinary day, you need superpowers, right? Some days are like that. Well, we're in a series of messages that we're calling Role Model, and and we're looking at the idea of of a woman's role in the world, uh, especially in the church and and, and in the the context of of a family, Um, and looking at the idea of a model for what that looks like based at the time of the scriptures and, and what that means for us today. And so that brings up a lot of things, especially these these two big words. And we talked about these last week. And I'll just go ahead and give you the definitions again so that we can uh, kind of get this as a kind of a foundation and un- of understanding of, of what the what the discussion is about. So the first one is this is, is complementarian. Complementarian stresses that while men and women are equal in personhood, they're created for different roles which complement each other. The other one is egalitarian, which stresses that men and women are equal in personhood and there are no gender-based limitations on role. So again, both complementarian and egalitarian at their truest forms uh, don't see that, that either men or women are one or is better than the other or superior to the other. It's just the idea of the roles carried. Now, now again, in our culture we're in today, that has been amplified to where some uh, some carry it to an extreme that, is, that wasn't meant to be. Um, both of these terms typically refer to ministry and marriage. Um, so Awaken Church is egalitarian. We're, we're part of a network of churches that is egalitarian. Um, our, we have a history and a tradition of being egalitarian. And our goal today and with this series is not to prove that we're right or, who, or prove who's right or who's wrong, but simply to express the word of God that, that has been placed on, our, placed on our hearts to encourage us to all become more like Jesus. And so we've actually just, we're just looking at the, the theme of some strong women as role models, the role they played, and models for us to become more like Jesus in the Scriptures. And today was is no different. We're going to be in Judges chapter 4. So if you have your Bible handy, grab that, turn to Judges chapter 4. We're going to read uh, a couple of sections of, of this chapter. Um, and here's what the Judges is about. Before they had kings, Israel was led by a series of, of God-appointed leaders that were called Judges. They were they kind of led the people in every area of life. The Judges, they especially led the people in, in, the, in the life of faith and religion. Now, there's some, some characters that we're going to get into here in, in this chapter. And uh, just to kind of get us an idea, just to set the, the tone for this story, that uh, the first one is, is Deborah. And Deborah is a prophet who was the judge uh, at this time, the one who was judging Israel. So, And a prophet, by the way, just so we're clear, a prophet is one who speaks forth the word of God. In other words, to, to be a prophet is to be a preacher. And Deborah was a prophet 
who spoke forth the word of God, and she was the one who was the leader of the people of Israel this time as their judge. Now, another character in this is Barak. He's the commander of Israel's army. Then there's Jabin, who was an enemy Canaanite king. And there's Sisera, who is this ruthless commander of the Canaanite army. And then there's another Canaanite king, because Canaan was broken up into several different kingdoms, and his name was Hazar. And now all of these are going to come into play as we read these, this part of Judges chapter 4. We're going to begin in verse 4. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah, she even had her own palm tree, between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day she sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribe of Naphtali Zebulun, and Zebulun at Mount Tabor. And I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors to the Kishon River, and there I will give you victory over him. And Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. He says, you're, he's like, you're the prophet, you're the preacher, you're the leader of this entire nation. I'm only going out here if you go with me. Very well, she replied, I will go with you, but you will receive no honor for this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. Now we're just going to fast forward because uh, the, the next few verses just kind of introduce some of these characters that we, we just talked about. To verse 14, Then Deborah said to Barak, Get ready, this is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera, for the Lord is marching ahead of you. So Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Tabor into battle. When Barak attacked, the Lord threw Sisera and his chariots and warriors into a panic, and Sisera leaped down from his chariot and escaped on foot. Then Barak chased the chariots and the entire army all the way to some of these names, y'all. Harasheth Hagiam, killing all the Sisera, all of Sisera's warriors. Not a single one was left alive. Meanwhile, Sisera ran to the tent of Jael, and her name is J. A-E-L. And it's fun to pronounce jail because it sounds like jail. Probably would have pronounced more like Hael, but let's just say jail for this for the sake of our, our time together. She was the wife of Heber the Kenite because Heber's family was on friendly terms with King Jabin of Hazor. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come into my tent, sir. Come in. Don't be afraid. So she went in, so he went into her tent and she covered him with a blanket. Please give me some water, he said. I'm thirsty. So she gave him some milk from a leather bag and it, it covered him again. Stand at the door of the tent, he told her. If anybody comes and asks you if there is anyone here, say no. But when Sisera fell asleep from exhaustion, y'all ready? Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and a tent peg in her hand. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground, and so he died. When Barak came looking for Sisera, Jael went out to meet him. She said, Come, and I will show you the man you're looking for. So he followed her into the tent, found Sisera laying there dead with a tent peg through his temple. So on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king. And from that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger against King Jabin until they finally destroyed him. Quite a story, right? Well, here's our big idea. The moment you make the decision to go all in, God moves in and through your life in wonderful ways. I want to say that again. 
The moment you make the decision to go all in, God moves in in and through your life in wonderful ways. Now, all of this begins with an ordinary day, okay? It all begins with an ordinary day. Some people ask me, uh, or I've been asked a few times, so, all right, Steve, what's an ordinary morning look like for you? What does a morning look like for Pastor Steve? And uh, so it's pretty simple. I mean, during the week especially, like Monday through Friday, because when the kids are in school, because that's a big part of our routine as a family. Um, I'm up by 530. Uh, start off my day first of all. I grab my phone, hit the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, I'm always in a Bible plan on there. That's my morning devotion time. I, I take you know anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes in reading that Bible plan and praying. Then I t- can I get my shower and get ready for the day. By that time, the kids have gotten are, are ready for school. Have had their breakfast. I take them to school. And when I get back, I work out. And uh, as soon as my workout's over, I fix my breakfast, which is. You know, I could tell you my breakfast during the week. It's Monday through Friday. It's it's the same. Uh, it's well, I, I eat a protein bar. It's a different flavor protein bar and fruit. Some different fruit, but it's protein bar and fruit and coffee every single morning. Uh, and, and that's just it's not because I'm I'm stuck in a routine. It's because it's healthy. It's good, and I like it. And I and I mix it up. It's a different pro, different flavor protein bar and different uh, thing every morning. It's just an ordinary day for me, and that's how it starts. And and, and a lot of times now, what I do is by the time I, I I'm a morning person. I get I'm more productive in the morning, so I'll take my breakfast and I'll go sit at my desk. And the first thing I'll do is I'll pop on and check for check for any emails and messages that are there for me to, to respond to or, or take care of that before I get into anything else like study, reading, writing, uh, counseling, any of the other things that, that go on throughout the day. Um, that's just a more an ordinary. What about for you? I mean, and and it's kind of in a lot of ways predictable. I mean, and it's it, you say, well, that just sounds boring. Well, it's it's not because I find I am always finding ways. I just to to mix it up some. But do you prefer days that are predictable or unpredictable? I mean, how about this? You know, the alarm goes off on time. The pop tarts aren't burned. The car starts. You're on time. There isn't an emergency. And for the most part, most of us enjoy that. It's a good old ordinary day, don't we? Well, Jail's day, it was just another ordinary day. Her husband, Heber, he was out somewhere miles away with the flock, with the herd, and, and doing his thing, and, and, and living in a tent as nomadic people did. This left Jail miles away from the nearest neighbors. An ordinary day of caring for the kids and tidying up the tent, feeding the chickens, picking berries, stoking the fire, doing the washing if she had to get down to the stream today. And Speaking of water, she had to draw the water and so they could have some. The cow had to be milked. and The list of chores probably is endless for Jail. Okay, That's an ordinary day for her. Jail's husband, Heber, he's on friendly terms with this Canaanite king, Hazer. So, so only her, only her, her only enemies are boredom and monotony. The same old thing, day after day. That can be one of your biggest enemies if you let it. Don't let boredom and monotony steal the joy of making every moment count. You may find something truly remarkable and beautiful and holy and in an ordinary moment on an ordinary day. Capture that moment. Be full awake. Be, be fully present in the ever-present now. Things things. Things don't have to be extraordinary to be beautiful. Even the ordinary can be beautiful if your eyes are open. 
as you too saying, it's a beautiful day. Don't let it get away. Man, I like to live by that. You know, Romans 12, 1 says from the message paraphrase. So, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. This is exactly what jail was living out. When we live this way, Taking this, this everyday, ordinary life and placing it before God as an offering, not only will we experience the blessing of His presence in every moment, but, but we bless God by making every moment that He's given us count. Our biggest challenge as followers of Jesus is to have every area of our life committed to following Him. That's, that's a big challenge. And it begins with just another ordinary day. And into an ordinary day often comes a super opportunity. I'll never forget a few years ago, a knock came at the door, and it was one of those, it was an ordinary day, and it was towards the end of an ordinary day, and you know, I'd had dinner, and it was in the evening, it was in the summer, so it, was, it wasn't dark yet, and I was just kind of sitting in my lazy boy, I was kind of finally sitting down and watching a TV show, probably the Andrew Griffith show or something that I like, I like to watch, and you know, all every, you know, it's been a long day. And it's the end of an ordinary day, but it's a long. It's been a long day, and I just want to sit here and watch my show, right? And there's a knock on the door, and it's Jeff. Jeff is a neighbor, and I hadn't never really like up to this point had any like talk, conversations with Jeff. We'd seen each other in passing, being neighbors, and just kind of gave a sup, you know. Um, but he came over and he's like, well, no, like, could I possibly come help him move a deep freeze? There were some issues. He had a deep freeze, a deep freeze on his on his porch, and he needed to move it inside so it could be locked up. Um, and you know, I didn't want to help Jeff, but it was, but it was an opportunity to 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 love my neighbor, and there was no reason why I shouldn't do it except I just really didn't want to. So I got up and I went to help Jeff. And uh, man, it's interesting how you can be minding your own business on just another ordinary day. And, and and it turns out to be anything but typical. I mean, this wasn't typical, helping Jeff. And it ended up, you know, having a, having a good conversation with him while we got his deep freeze moved. But have you ever had an opportunity come along and missed it? I'm sure we all have. Jail realizes that this day will be anything but ordinary. Here comes Sisera. This is not this ordinary day. Oh, here comes an opportunity. Here comes a super opportunity. Sisera, the commander of this Canaanite army, he's, he's a vicious guy. He's running into the family camp, gasping for breath. He quickly tells the story of the battle. And, 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 he, and the chase and, 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 and into jail's ordinary day comes a super opportunity. When she woke up that morning, she had no idea she was about to become a famous hero. I mean, to have a story immortalized in the words of Holy Scripture. <laughs> An ordinary woman and godly role model. My friend, Pastor Emily Clark, said that, Godly role models are the people you can see reflect the presence of God clearly in whatever they do. That's it, guys. Sometimes we have to make our own opportunities, but often they just seem to show up. 
Cicero, is, he, he's looking for a place to hide. And Jael knows what he's going to do. I mean, she knows what she's going to do. And, 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 and it doesn't appear, it even crosses her mind not to do this. She offers him refuge in the tent. Come into my tent. Jael offers Cicero uh, blankets and covers him with blankets and gets him into a restful state. He asks for water, but instead she gives him a large glass of milk. Well, you know, a, a pouch of milk. And, and soon he's sound asleep. Think about it. You're tired, you've been in battle, you get to lay down, cover up with a, snuggle up with a blanket with some warm milk. He goes right to sleep. Sisera had been a thorn in the side of the people for too long. The scriptures say he was ruthless. Today would be the day his reign of tyranny ended. Jael grabbed a tent peg, <laughs> like a spike and a hammer, and seizes the opportunity. Now, the point of this story isn't do this to your enemy, okay? Don't go get a tent peg and a, and a hammer and say, well, the Bible says this is what I should do to my enemy. No, the eternal principle of the story of jail is this. Just do the next thing you're reasonably certain God wants you to do. That's the principle. Just do the next thing you're reasonably certain God wants you to do. Colossians 4.5 tells us to live wisely among those who are not Christians and make the most of every opportunity. This is exactly what the story of Jael is and the story of Deborah. So the moment you make the decision to go all in, God moves in and through your life in wonderful ways. And, this, and a yes to God re- results in an extraordinary outcome. It's an ordinary day, right? But a yes to God results in an extraordinary outcome. Think about my, my friend Jeff, my, my neighbor Jeff. He came over, asked me to help move a deep freeze. I didn't want to, but I did. and ended up having a good conversation with him. There was an extraordinary outcome of that. And it was this. About a week later, there was a knock on my door again. And I look out the door and I see Jeff and I think, oh my gosh, not again. <laughs> but I open the door and Jeff's got a pie. And he says that... that uh, you know, my wife said we needed to thank you for being such a good neighbor, and she made you a key lime pie. I hope you like key lime pie. And I said, oh, 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 honey, you don't know how much I like key lime pie. The outcome of helping my neighbor move a freezer was key lime pie. So, so when God breaks into an ordinary day and we say yes to him, it becomes anything but ordinary. It becomes extraordinary. And when have you seen trusting God produce extraordinary results. Barak, the, the commander of the Israeli army, and his men, they show up to Jael's tent. And imagine how they felt when Jael informs them, hey, the man you're chasing in hot pursuit, he's just inside the tent. Going inside, they do find Sisera, absolutely. Already dead. <laughs> dead as a hammer that Jael took him out with. Turns out, this, this is just no ordinary day for anyone. When we say yes to the mission of Jesus, anything is possible. When we say yes to the mission of Jesus, anything is possible. An ordinary day has an extraordinary outcome for some fishermen who who who, who caught enough fish to sink the boat. An ordinary day just turned into has an extraordinary outcome when when a little boy's mama packs his lunch with a few fish and loaves of bread, and he feeds thousands. An ordinary day has an extraordinary outcome when a woman with a bleeding disease touches the hem of Jesus' garment. See, an ordinary day for jail has an extraordinary outcome when she takes action. 
And she becomes the kind of hero songs are written about. Don't believe me? Let me flip over to Judges chapter 5, verses 24 to 27. There's a little part of this uh, uh, thing, this story in Judges chapter 5 is called the Song of Deborah. Not only was she the judge and the ruler of all of Israel, the leader of all the people, the teacher of everyone, she was the prophet, she was the preacher, she was the one who spoke forth the word of the Lord, but she also apparently wrote songs and sang them. And in verse 24 of this song, she sings about this hero, most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. May she be blessed above all women who live in tents. Sisera asked for water, and she gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she brought him yogurt. Then with her left hand, she reached for the tent peg, and with her right hand for a workman's hammer. She struck Sisera with the hammer, crushing his head. With a shattering blow, she pierced his temples. He sank, he fell, he lay still at her feet. And where he sank, there he died. Deborah's song, Deborah and Jael, they show us that God often used people, regardless of gender, going about ordinary days to do some of his most extraordinary work. It may not be something as extreme as Jael's act of revenge, and I hope it won't be, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's not important. The most important thing is to be prepared for the super opportunities that God may send your way. And here's how you do that. First of all, be available to God. Be available. God always uses people who are willing to do something for His glory to help others. Be available to God. And then, also, be aware of the opportunities God brings your way. Be available to God and be aware of opportunities He brings your day. If we're not looking for opportunities, how often do we miss them? God specializes in using ordinary people. To produce an ordinary outcome. That's his specialty. God's specialty is using the ordinary to produce an extraordinary outcome. The key is commitment. So until I'm committed, I tend towards hesitation. But the moment I make the decision to go all in, God moves in my life and through my life in wonderful ways. So here's the next step. Write down this question. And then work it out. Work it out on, on, on a piece of paper in your journal. Where is one area in your life that you need to make a deeper commitment? And what is the next step to take? So the next step is to ask what's the next step. You get that? Where is one area in your life that you need to make a deeper commitment? And what is the next step to take? Here at Awaken Church, we are seizing the opportunity. We have felt God's presence guiding us, challenging us to seek seven new households to become a part of our in-person church family. And we are praying for those opportunities. We're praying for those who may be saying, I need to make a deeper commitment by really plugging in to the church. What's the next step for you to take? We're praying. We're praying that your next step may be to come and become a part of this tribe, this family, doing life together in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time that we have to dig into this ancient story and what a story it is. Thank you for leaders and preachers and prophets like Deborah who show us, Lord, your plan 
is uh, never been to single out one gender over another to be in charge. Lord, your plan has been to use the people as you gift and as you assign for your work. We thank you for that truth that is evident in the, in the scriptures today. Lord, we thank you for the story of jail. And while it's, uh, it, it's uh, some would say this endorses murder, Lord, it's a story that's used to, to encourage us to just do the next thing that we're reasonably certain that you want us to do, that you're guiding us to do. So, Lord, may we take that to heart and apply that to our lives and apply it right here and right now in, in whatever it is, Lord, you're showing us, Lord. Um, and help us to take the next step. Help us to, 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 to prayerfully seek the next step for our own lives. Lord, thank you for the way you provide. And, Lord, we are praying right here, right now, Lord, would you bring seven new households to awaken church? Lord, not so that we can just grow, but, Lord, that we can continue to multiply and to spread the hope that you've given us. Thank you that you motivate us with love. But may we continue to be focused on becoming more like you, Jesus, as we use your love to, to speak into the lives of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.